Today we're going to be talking about first-time homebuyer myths. myth we're going to go into is a lot of buyers think that they need 20% down to buy their first home. Is this true? So it is a really common myth that you need 20% down to buy a house. It's not true. The 20% down comes from the idea that you want to avoid private mortgage insurance. So if you have if you have anything less than 20% down, you're going to be paying some private mortgage insurance with like an FHA or a conventional loan. Um, however, you shouldn't let that stop you from buying a house. Definitely better off to get into a place and start, you know, building some equity and paying down that mortgage. As a first-time homebuyer, you can get into a house with as little as 3% down. So plenty of options. Your loan officer can tell you the pros and cons of each um, amount in the down payment, how it impacts your payment monthly, and walk you through all those steps. But yeah, definitely don't think that you have to have 20% down. Okay. And it seems like speaking with the lender will help them qualify or clarify that as well. Absolutely. They'll be the ones who be able to spell it all out for you. Okay. Well, now that we know that we don't always need 20% down, another thing that we hear often is they need to be working at a certain job for two years or three years. Also, another one that's not entirely true. What the lender is most uh, wanting to see is job stability Mm -hmm. and job security. So, you know, if you have seven different jobs over two years, that looks a little bit iffy. They're going to want to see some consistency and security. But if you have been at a job for, you know, a little over a year and it was a transition, especially from the same type of employment previously, much less of an issue. And, you know, again, your lender can also point you in the direction of what to do or how to help show and justify your job security to an underwriter. Thank you for clarifying the job length. So you don't have to be working at a place for, I mean, it's great that you work eight, 10 years, but it's more of the stability that you have within that job. Correct. Okay. Uh, And what about the perfect credit score? I hear this one a lot. I'll get people who say, oh, I'm just, I'm just looking. My credit isn't great. I can't buy things like that. People think you have to have a seven or 800 credit mm-hmm. score in order to buy a house, and that's not true. You can have, it varies by lender, but you know, even sometimes depending, a 580 could qualify. Wow. Okay. Obviously, the better your credit, typically the better interest rates and things like that you get. But this is another one, don't let it stop you. And even if you find out that your score is a little bit on the lower side or mm-hmm. it doesn't qualify for the, for the interest payment that mm-hmm. you want, then the lender can take a look at your score, figure out what is causing it to be lower than this ideal, and they can actually put some steps in place for you that will help bump it up, sometimes really quickly. People can definitely be surprised. It doesn't have to take a long time. And what is also surprising is sometimes it's not paying off a loan that actually impacts it. So you could be working so hard to do things that are improving, you think are improving your credit score, And it turns out there would be something better to do or a different sequence. So again, definitely ask for help. Plenty of lenders will offer advice without any cost. Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. From what I'm understanding is you 
don't need the perfect credit score. And the best way to go about this is speaking with the lender so that they can, you know, give you your professional opinion. Absolutely. Steps to take. Okay. All right. And something else that's really big, and this is big for first time home buyers, is they don't have money for the down payment and they feel like that is going to stop them from getting their first home. What are your thoughts on that? I understand it because we're talking a lot of money. I mean, we're talking, you know, down payment of 3% on mm-hmm. a $300,000 house. You're looking at $9,000 plus mm-hmm. closing costs. That's a really daunting number. What I think people forget, especially those in like a salaried position, mm-hmm. you oftentimes have a retirement account that you can pull money from without tax consequence mm-hmm. to put for a down payment on a home. Now, whether or not that's a good option for you or the right option for you, obviously your lender needs to tell you if it's an option and then you need to talk to your CPA to make sure it's done correctly. But there is, there's that as an option. There is also some people are lucky enough to be able to get gift funds from family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if none of those are an option, there are down payment assistance programs that come with different criteria and scenarios as far as what they exactly mean. But there is a lot of them. And so I would encourage you to talk to a lender to see which ones you would qualify for and what they mean for you. Okay, great. So it's great to know that we have those programs out there to help out these first-time homebuyers. And something else, too, is figuring out what they can afford in today's market. And I know that's a little bit scary for first-time homebuyers. How should they go about figuring that out? Okay, good question. Obviously, you know, you need to take a look at the payments and use that to figure out what you act, how much you actually want to spend. Mm-hmm. Because I do see oftentimes people qualify for a larger loan than they actually want to pay for. So first narrowing that down. Then realizing that there's actually a lot of options as far as which way you can go. It doesn't have to be a single family home as your first house. It could be something like a condo or a town home. Mm-hmm. But keeping in mind, if you do go with a condo or a townhome, those typically have higher HOA fees, and that has to be added into your monthly payment as well. So if you're looking at a payment of $1,600 a month plus another $250 Mm -hmm. as an HOA fee, then you're really spending $1,850 a month. So taking a look and seeing what does that get you in a house might be worth it as kind of a way to compare and see what your best option is. Okay. And do you suggest um, somebody doing that before they start looking at homes? Um, Yes, but I think also just kind of being aware of it, Mm -hmm. not feeling like you're locked into one particular type of home, Um, keeping your your mind open, options Mm -hmm. open um, to just seeing what works for you. Something else, and I've been guilty of this too, is you know, when I buy my first home, I need it to be perfect, right? Because it's one of the biggest investments that I'm going to make in my life. How do you feel about that word perfect? That is a very difficult thing to do because it really doesn't matter for the most part what your budget is. The home is not going to be perfect. So what you have to do is figure out what are the most important things to you, especially as a first-time home buyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, is the location the most important thing? Is there something about the home that you absolutely have to have? And focus on those one, two, maybe three must-haves to find the right home that you could turn into your perfect home. But also keep in mind, 
that yes, this is your first home and you want it to be wonderful and great, it's probably not your last home. This home is your stepping stone into something that is more of what you would consider your ideal. So I think the goal of a first-time home buyer is to choose something that's functional for them, an area that they're comfortable with, and also, you know, to the best that we can see what's going on in that area is going to continue to appreciate and value and become a good asset for them that can then help them kind of springboard into the next phase of their life. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and, you know, sharing your expertise on this subject. Um, If you guys want to see more information, everything is linked in the description and feel free to reach out to us as well. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.